1: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you.
0: Hi, welcome to Past Yet Present. I'm Marilyn Kapp, spiritual medium and author of Love is Greater Than Pain. Those who passed share our need for love, understanding and resolution. Together, we go from communication to collaboration. Welcome back to Past Yet Present. Well, we taught our sweet Mary Beth to staying on, but we didn't have to do that recording to today. Just finished the one that you heard last week. And it's really interesting because there's an energetic thing going on here about holding the space. They want to talk about holding the space. When something happens, a diagnosis or a transition of somebody we love, and the mind is trying its best to make sure we could put one foot in front of the other and it's trying to help us in any way. Mary Beth, here I am talking and talking and talking. And thank you, Mary Beth, for coming back. But the thing is, and I'm going to continue talking just for another minute here because we're talking about holding the space. And before we started now, we are just discussing, and it came channeled in, that Mary Beth is downloading and doing mantras, and she really feels it's very effective wherever she goes. It does shift the energy, and all of us have that power. And when we think of power in terms of old standards, old school power, you know, that isn't what we're thinking about. We're thinking about how sweetly persuasive this healing can be and how much stronger, even than some of the we're going through. And so in that context, Mary Beth was asked to do this podcast, a spirit mostly beyond the words to hold the space of the healing. She can download and feel download. She can feel, she can intuit the love that's around her when we go through trauma. I can too. All of us have it, and sometimes the mind gets in the way without allowing us to do it. And our expansion, of course, is spiritual first, our learning, drops down into the emotion, and then it drops down into the body. But the body's been having the habits that were taught to us, and because the body is lower vibration, and because we've been trying to be good doobies our whole life, hopefully, and at least in some fashion... We're taught to stay within the margins and do whatever it is we do. We're taught separateness. And Marybeth sitting here, Mary Beth, it's just that feeling of connection and feeling that and translating it into the physical, allowing it beyond the mind. When the mind is so traumatized, how do we, we clothe ourselves in a robe of light? composed of the love, the power, and the wisdom of divine consciousness. We wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it or come in contact with it will be drawn to divine and healed. In a time of trauma, all the rules of how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to feel or do, or even how we're supposed to move forward, might not fit us or might not be personal enough. And so the mind needs to let go to feel what the need is of the soul translated through the instrument. Well, hey, Mary Beth, thank you. Thank you for coming back on. Thank you, Marilyn, for having me. See where it takes you. Your husband's the editor. We
1: need not worrying. <laughs> uh-huh, they're laughing out there and having fun. What I do in this body is understand that we're all energy if you can move forward knowing that what does that mean that means you can tune your instrument to the energy around you but you're also equipped to decide how you're going to put your energy out hence the protection prayer that Marilyn does every podcast was a life changer for me because it allows me to go into groups. I'm not a big group person and not feel attacked. I have other mantras that help me in other situations because now I know that I can sit in the energy that is most beneficial to me and to whoever's in that energy with me. Isn't it really lovely? And we
0: have that access but basically, what you're pointing out is it's a choice, and it's a mindfulness. I've been into the quotes of Tidnatan, and I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. The Buddhist monk who is now out of body, and it's so much about presence. Everything he talks about is is about getting out of our heads, but we've been trained there. And I have to say, I feel like such a goofball because I do this mantra before every session that I channel. I do it, you know, hopefully I remember when I wake up in the morning and at night. I do it here and there. And, of course, during the process, I forget because I'm a human. I go into places, and when I forget, I can feel it. It's interesting. Brain will go into whatever, and I won't even think about that. Maybe the energy was different because I didn't focus that way. And I, I know we're protected all the time. But what we're doing is we're aligning ourselves with it and aligning, aligning our intention and when we ask for that, it literally, and I see it with my own eyes, people do it. The auric field expands, and it demands equal opportunity energy. It wants to play with high-frequency energy. Well, like attracts like. Of course it does, and that's the real law of attraction thing. I mean, it's fun if you want to repeat over and over in your head, I want to get this, I want to get this. I actually did that with our first Prius I, I focused on electric car and getting into it, and I did that a couple times. And then we ended up getting one. And I thought, "Oh, wow, this is pretty cool." And done it again that way. No, but I think the real law of attraction is. I think I was doing it with the delight of a child. Like, okay, blah, blah. but it ain't about the stuff. It's about the energy.
1: Yes. So what happens when you don't make choice, or when you don't know you have the choice, is your mind leads. Yeah. And so all I'm thinking of is, okay, I'm in this group situation and this person must be thinking this of me and that person must be thinking that of me and I'm feeling terrible about it. And what should I say? So I'm in a conversation. What should I say? Not how should I listen?
0: Oh my goodness. That's huge because, and it almost feels like when we're thinking, what should we say? We're trying to just stay on this plane with them. And It's interesting, not about retaliation or anything like that. It could be completely neutral, but it might not take you to that other place. And it's the mind. It's the mind. So the mind game. Right. It really is when trauma happens and door, the pendulum swings so far in the direction of what we might not know how to live in. I believe the mind will try and take over and may, I mean... When my father went out of body and at the Memorial Week at our house and our kids were little, um, laundry became my lifeline. Other than, you know, there were people all around and that was wonderful and making sure everything was out there, but laundry became how I could separate myself and talk to my dad or talk to him in my head even if I wasn't channeling him or needed something physical to hold on to as an anchor. Isn't it interesting when mentally, I would think, well, yeah, my anchor's going to be talking to me. I could see him at his own funeral. He was there. But yet we're in the physical body. How do we balance that? And even though I can channel, I make make no mistake, I'm, I'm figuring it out like everyone else. And sometimes we need to anchor in a way that to give us comfort. And my brain was doing that so I could stay steady and not, not lose it. Which is okay, too. It is okay too. We do live in a human world. We do live in a human world, so, God. We're in such a society where we hold ourselves back and we don't go forward because it might be embarrassing or you know, I have to say, I hear so often, there are patterns that come in through channeling, and people with their life review granted we all have things we wish we could we could do better, but the nicest, sweetest energetics of people that are coming through, and their soul feels so well-intended, and they're so upset about why didn't I hug them? Why didn't I cry? Why didn't I? And you know, if you do, you allow somebody else. And I've found in our life experiences, some of the things that have gone on, times of trauma, I can hold it
1: together until someone says something nice. You find that? Yes, I have felt that too. But coming out of trauma, let's talk about everyday life. Yeah. Because everyday life can be micro-traumatic, right? <laughs> we can feel the yes. microaggressions of trauma during our life. If we are leading with our mind. If we're leading with the heart, we can have more clarity. Oh, it's really interesting. Because that is the segue
0: and the opening energetically, if you're just feeling what Mary Beth said just take a breath with it and, and just feel what's going on because can you can you just repeat what you were saying cuz they ta- I'm trying to focus on it but I'm hearing a cacophony of ideas
1: out there based on what you just said we're talking about everyday life mm-hmm. trauma is part of everyday life but n- we're not talking about I'm asking to change oh, okay. the conversation out of trauma into The everyday life, the give and take of everyday life. Okay, so what we've segued
0: into is the trauma and the mind trying to compensate or put things right. There are people listening, a lot of us in this situation, for whatever reason, where it has to drop down into the heart because the mind can't. And the heart recognizes that for some of these situations, there will be no shift back to what we called normal and what we had. And the heart is, is not agreeable to this. The mind, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. The heart wants to hug. The heart wants to love. And so then, of course, we're going down to the feet, and they're just saying, yes, let's talk about the body. Lately, I've been getting hot flashes. I can tell you I'm way too old for this, you know what. And... Yeah, Mary Beth and I are sitting here and this happened with the other podcast we just did too. We're getting drenched and the energy is coming through and it's big release and it's melty layers but they want to tell you, because we're looking at each other going, what the hey, I'm kind of used to this. I think you are on a certain level too, the body downloading this way. Sometimes there's so much going on that the head can't make any headway of it and the head is suspended and we can use that, they're telling us out there to our advantage because the head will stand on its head and spin and go through, like we said, the, the process, the denial, the this, the that. And the head will do all those things. And what are you left with? A sick feeling in your stomach or a feeling you're not used to. It's been, you, you can't stomach in your gut because you love so much. And where do you put the love? And are they okay? You love them so much. Yeah, I need to hug them, but are they okay? And the responsibility of that is, I'm told to say, Rache. Rache. And I'm feeling the grief of that and the impossibility of that. And yet, the person is on the earth plane, and I'm feeling the magnetism to the earth plane through the feet. And it's a struggle, but you stay here. Because there are other kids or other people. I know we've talked about, no matter how much we want to run to be with them out there, no, they're okay out there, but end up, if that would happen with a person, not not any of us, we pray, but if somebody chases someone to be out there, they go into a rehab setting kindly, and they're just saying, you can put in whatever reason you feel. They stopped, and they said, put in whatever reason, and the mind will say, there's no reason to go on. I don't want to go on this way for a lot of people. And yet, you drop down into the heart, and you drop down into the gut, and what? do you do, reality is not just suspended in terms of the norm, but normal thinking is suspended. And I can say when we went through different illnesses and traumas, it's hard to stay here. It's very hard to stay here. So how can we open up in that in-between space of the deepest trauma and hurt when we're just swirling? And you're on the ground floor with your feet on the floor and you're trying to figure out how to stay here. And what you would pray to open up to, if you had the conscious thought, would be our loved ones are saying out there, this is all channeled. We hope and pray that you align with us so that we can help soothe you, love you, and let you know that nothing is ever finished and that it is everlasting life. Now, that's an oxymoron, period. That sounds like that's not ever. But you know what? Isn't that funny? They want to make us laugh. They want to point out the absurdity of period. There's a period at the end of that physical life. And let their memory be a blessing. Yes, of course. But then that person is still actively engaged and doing the heavenly things of growing and expanding. And we are not taking them away. Away from that, I hear over and over, we are not interrupting them if we need them, because part of their growth is helping us. You think they're busy with their, you know, on their cloud with their heart, and they don't love us anymore? They're engaged with us. They want us. They need us to be okay. I hear it over and over and over, heaven isn't heaven if we can't help those we love. And it's the impetus for people to really do more work in their life, review. So here we are in that middle space, and eventually we're going to be, and hopefully I hope and pray that we all have the way of what we talked about last week, what we talked about deciphering or just feeling, allowing, deciphering is the mind. How do we just feel if we're not getting words and you're not doing it the way you think you might? Oh, that's thinking. What are you feeling right now? A little spacing? What are you feeling right now? what do we do? How, how do we console ourselves and allow ourselves to be open? And they're answering that question already. You've been thrown against the wall where the old rules don't work, and the mind can't go that far in the comprehension. And it's impossible. So you don't even know if you're a human anymore, or a person, or a mind, or a heart, or a gut. You're just in that place of the trauma. And any crack in the light, any sweet memory, any laughter, if you can get together with your loved one's friends and tell stories, and for children, they beg you, get together with my friends. If Especially for little ones, if our besties, I have like six kids here, say, Oh, no, now, now they are more a gathering. If, if my bestie is having a party and I would have gone, if it's too hard, don't do it. But you can collaborate with me and start learning on the physical plane. And going to the store might be too hard, but go online and, and get a present. Because your kid wants you to, and your energy, by cracking open a hair and then sending something out, you're setting the precedence of allowing intake of love. That's one of the many ways we can play on the physical plane. This makes sense to you? I'm loving what they're saying because I found, again, we don't compare traumas. I can't even imagine the depths of despair,
1: and we all have whatever, and... You're saying it. Understand that there is a crack. And if you didn't love so deeply, you wouldn't be in such hurt. That's it. Allow the hurt, but don't focus your mind on it, right? Your mind will make it more difficult. I recently experienced the passing of a very dear friend, and I was really angry. I was just going to
0: talk about anger. See, it's it's. I love the tandem. Do tell. Because
1: I had always said to him, because I knew on some level that he was not well physically. I would say, in order to ask him to stay longer in his body, I would say, I want to get old with you. This is a childhood friend. I want to get old with you, hoping that that would give him the impetus to stay. And then he didn't, and I got angry because I miss knowing that I can communicate with him directly. It's been a couple of months, and I slowly but surely can feel him. Uh, he was a great cook. I, when I cook, I'm, I'm, I know he's with me if, if I'm aware of thinking of it. So now it's my choice. I can choose to feel that wonderful energy that he represents in my life. Even though I can't reach out and call him on the phone. Okay, I just got the feeling of energy
0: shooting through my right foot because that was so rightly put, and all these kids are really emotional out there because they say, you know, we we talk about It's almost like talking about the same thing over and over, but it's different ways to get there. We're all so different and we're all so diverse, but we all have that pain and and we try and compartmentalize and hide it. We get angry. There's so many ways. And yet in your sharing, there's the beauty of the truth of what you're saying. But what you're saying also opens the heart. And while we're talking, it's just so soothing because the energy changes. And part of it is being open to passing through, still being in trauma, I'm sure, but passing through some of the layers so that you can collaborate with them. And it has to be so soothing. And of course, it's not the same. We want what we want. And of course, there's no time frame. That's pretty remarkable so quickly. My mom went out of body. Is I could feel her. I couldn't channel her for a year because my vibration was so low. You're right. It's making that choice. I was able to channel for other people, and I, I just let it be. I could feel her presence. It was a knot, and, and maybe the grief needed that time, and now she is my constant companion. It is making a choice. So much suffering is caused by wanting things to be the way we anticipated or hoped. And especially with love, what we thought for them, thinking while you're talking, there's you know the anger that you don't have that with him, but then there's the broken heartedness and even anger that he doesn't. And we've talked about that before. And all these kids are jumping up and down and waving and screaming. It's like where we can have, we can have. And you know if you're if you're listening pretty consistently. Of These kids are falling in love out there and expanding and pursuing careers and what they passions here. One of the things that keeps coming in, and I'm told just to use this as an example in terms of healing, there are groups out there, and a lot of them were physically doctors here, that help doctors, especially surgeons, when they've had trauma, when a patient does not stay in the body after they've worked on them. And a lot of these surgeons tip into such despair because their intention is to save. And you can't even imagine if, you know, this is if they did the best they could, and even if, what if there's a hiccup? There are groups out there to help here, but it's the people who are doing their life review here. And basically, we're all kind of doing that now, so that we could advance and grow. The earth is in, needs repair, and it reflects how we are. We need to raise this vibration, and so it feels accelerated, our access. It feels accelerated. And yet, as physical beings, we want to have and to hold. So it's the allowing with, in spite of, along with however you look at it, and I just got a pain in my head on the right-hand side, and rightly so, that the brain is going to decipher. Don't fight the process they're saying out there. The brain's going to try and sort it out. How am I going to live without them? Going back to this doctor group, there's something else that goes on too. Maybe in some of these situations, the doctor was allowed soul-wise to be present during a transition or shortly after because of the alignment of the heart, and the person was not going to stay. Maybe there's something else going on. How oh, they're laughing and laughing. People think they're God sometimes, especially doctors. The fun thing is that we are God. We all are. We talk about that. But sometimes, and I mean it the sweetest sense, doctors are here as an extension of God's hand to aid and abet the healing The losses are very hard and and can be taken personally. And they're they're using, so they want to offer healing on the clarity of what's going on out there to the doctors. Now, if you take this home to your own family and your loved ones, it's hard to imagine what's going on for them, especially if it was trauma and it was something that however the trauma came in. They're looking to come through to us in ways to help us open up, release our pain. And you can't rush it. Grief is grief. You know, we're in the physical. But they're talking about, I'm here Beth, you said it, there is a crack. And it's really funny because that crack is everything. And we are cracked and they're laughing out there. Uh, remember, that was that was the companion magazine to Mad Magazine. Remember, cracked was out there. You know, I have an older brother. And we are back in the day, you know, so those were laying around. But anyway... They're saying, yeah, free associate, funny memories, goofy things, fun things. But the thing is that we have to really remember, and they're laughing, that it isn't that it's a crack. It really is our entire being. We think there's a crack because we give such credence to those big, fat, giant, lovely brains of ours. But what animates us? We're a pile of matter. But the thing is that what animates the matter? When I was a kid, I was terrified of marionettes. I still am. Because I could not understand, I would look at them and I would say, but what about us? How are we animated? And that's when I knew I didn't really live here, and I've had to learn really hard to learn how to live here. Um, Because I chose it, and I'm really glad I did. But the thing is, if we're a pile of matter and we're so much water and we're so much mass, what animates that? And if you've ever been in a situation where... You're with someone and they pass, and then you're lifting them. The weight is very, very different. They say, you know, how much can the soul weigh? But the body sure as hell changes. We're always in a state of integration, I'm being told, but the mind tells us we're not. And you have discovered that through your practice. And I love the word practice because I think, you know, doctors, yeah, you're going to practice till you get it right. I am probably, and, and people think, oh boy, she channels, one of the most undisciplined, Practice persons in the world. I love channeling for other people because it puts me in that place. Do I sit and do it? But you did that because you chose it for yourself and getting it out there for all. I did it rather backwards. I'm doing it. It's like, oh, I better like 10 house, you know? I think it's magnificent. And you're, you're showing a path with ease. You want to just elaborate on that, how it works for you? Because we've all been in that place of. What the hey, holy, whatever, then you know what makes the flowers grow. We joke about that a lot. I've gotten in the habit, and the kids and Harry keep pointing out that I've been getting in the habit of saying holy, you know what, and I don't hold back because what makes the flowers grow and all this crap we're going through is made us vulnerable and we're learning. We might not like a lot of it, but we're very vulnerable and we're learning, and it's magnificent in its way. So, holy cannoli. Share your path because it feels so beautifully a Well,
1: I wanted to go back to the doctors because I oh, feel right. such empathy for the lighters. Because they are in this system that we've created of education <laughs> that imposes on them the idea of success means you save people they're not expanded to what you were talking about is success also means shepherding people to the other side. Right. I did that with my father. So I must have been aware he passed in 2004. So this is almost 20 years. And when he was ready to go, but his body was hanging on, I... Imagery with him because he always loved the ocean. So I took him to the ocean, and I said, "Let's sit on the beach and let's have a beer." And he passed peacefully. So I think awareness of the connection is the connection, and you are doing a service to all of humanity by explaining how it works. So I learn from you, but you are. Making the choice to take what
0: you've learned and have it be of service. And that we're we're all doing the same thing. I think anyone who's into this and tuning into this, we're we're all the lighthouses. We're we're all wanting to connect to and be that
1: light even in the hardest
0: of circumstances.
1: Well, knowing that the light exists. Yes. Yeah. So That would go back to the crack, right? So you can be in the deepest, darkest dungeon of despair. But if you understand in your heart and your gut that there is light, you can allow your body and your mind to process knowing that you're coming through it. That's what happened to me with the cancer diagnosis. So maybe this is a reflection of that lesson. They told me it it was a rectal tumor and it's common congenital so it wasn't my fault and curable. So what did I do? I said, "Okay, I'm just going to get through this with the help of all my friends and my family and my husband and the people who prayed for me." But I got through it. So if I think I may be associating that trauma with how to get through the trauma of Losing someone, knowing I'm going to be going through this difficult situation, but I can come through it. There is light. That's really magnificent, and it feels
0: as if your experience, as harsh or hard as it was, you were able to align it that way with heart and responsibility that could propel your physicality through the experience. And that's pretty amazing. So that's something you can bring to the table, to the park, to the party, and to your dreams, and to your your musics. It's interesting. We're talking about doctors, and I'm thinking, yeah, I love doctors except for one. But you know what? I have to love the fact that what she did really to my experience, she told me apparently it was very aggressive form of breast cancer and had already metastasized. And it had shown up on the tests already, so I had already seen it. And she had, no, actually, I don't No, I hadn't seen it yet. I didn't know yet. It's a, you're right. It gets a little muddled in the brain. But Harry and I are there, and she said, basically, your thing's in order. We'll treat you, but we really don't have any expectation. And she said, and basically she told me it was my fault, but that I was not smart enough to understand that. She also pulled a lot of other crazy, horrible things, and I kept going for months because I didn't, you know, it's like, you know, I obviously switched doctors and ended up having as tough an experience, but a very, very lovely experience, and I haven't seen this surgeon since before COVID, and um, Harry had some testing done in the same building, and I, I went last week and said hello, and I just said, listen, I know he's an appointment, but she went back and he came out and said Hi. You can pick and choose the humanity, the kindness, but it, it stirred a memory I had when I switched doctors, and I had a port, and I was getting chemo in the same building as the surgeon who did a couple of the first surgeries, and the the port kind of flipped. I had trouble with the port, and they couldn't access it. I would hang upside down by my knees, and, and they would try and flip it, but the surgeon knew how to do it, so I would go to his office, and he would come in in between surgeries because it was, it was surgery day, my, my whatever day. Um, chemo diagnosis. I don't even want to say the words. And he would access the port and then i would go back, change floors and go to the other office. One day, and, oh, and, and because it was so toxic, some of these chemos, the port leads right down into the heart. They want you to walk briskly for 20 minutes to a half hour right before so that it'll get pumped into the heart and get dispersed quickly, do its job, but not be a little less toxic. So that was, you know, the thinking was always changing. That's what I was told. So usually I would do that walking outside, but because I had trouble with the port, my little nemesis there, um, I was in the the office of the surgeon, and when I opened the door, I realized I wasn't going to go outside. I was going to do my half-hour walking back and forth down this long hallway. And when I opened the door, I was almost blinded by, and I see, but now I rely on sight less. I could feel and see both sides of the hallway line with people. Some of them were my relatives, others I didn't know, but a lot of them were kids that I had channeled for. And so I just walked back and forth on my little iPod or whatever on, and they said, we're taking over. You remember the old um, Outer Limits, we're taking over your TV? They took over, and they changed the music, and every single one was either pertinent to that person or my adventure. At one point, I would go to the end and turn and come back. And at one point, I was afraid to turn. I thought they wouldn't be there, but they stayed the whole time. And at one point, a door opened down the hall, and people were coming out, and I started to yell. You're going to puppet it? And I realized they can't see them. So my point is, I'm making a long story way too long, to say that we are always surrounded. We don't just have a crack. We perceive it as a crack in our thought and a crack in our pattern. But we are spiritual beings. And the thing that I found that, you know, talking about it now in the deepest despair is I'll just focus on, well, what are you feeling? The, the feelings are the, the segue, you know, between, if you want to say spirit and body, or notice what you're feeling and the feelings can take you so far away from your intention sometimes. And all you really want is the softness of the love and feel that. And it's interesting, that I, this whole thing about the, um, the hallway and the doctor, it's just that when I came out of his office, I looked down the hallway, and I thought, huh, this is where that happened, and I haven't been in there, you know, in years. And I heard giggles. It's like, you don't need that now. It wasn't like I was trying to resurrect that memory. It wasn't needed. But I heard giggling like, yeah, that was right. Maybe somebody would think that's outlandish or crazy, but it kept me steady and I'm here. My point is, this is a psychic x-ray. Hold up the camera and you can see what's going on there. I can reassure you from channeling that you're never alone. Get the great honor of channeling one of the greatest comedy writers in our lifetime and he has talked about, and God, is he funny. I love channeling him. He reminds me of my dad. My dad's super funny. Say so is, again, I say, you know, my dad's been out of body for many years, but I always stay with that, with that current because my dad is. We all are. But he would come through, and he, he's the one who wants to come through and say that he has out of body been with people that he loves and sometimes family members and sometimes friends in their darkest times. And one. A couple times he helped somebody when it felt like they were teetering over to possibly leaving their body, and then you'll say, well, "Well, how come it didn't happen for this one and for that one?" There's all kinds of things going on, but I know he he wants to talk about, and he says he sees this all the time. Oh, yeah, he says it doesn't help if your grief is from somebody who did that with great respect, saying, and he's. Making light of it. But for every person who does that and our heart breaks, there are many, many who don't. And he's crying and he's saying, because what we do out of body, we position ourselves as hard and as strong as we can on either side. And we hold and we talk and we just hold the space and we can't lift it out of their hearts. We can't change it. And we're not allowed to steal people's growth. But sometimes, in the worst of the worst, he's advising to just sit there. And if you can, corny as hell, he says, just focus on your breath because at least it'll get it out of your effing you-know-what head. He's a colorful guy. He's a really classy guy, too. I really like him. Grew up watching a lot of his stuff. He says, oh, get out of here. Let's talk about what we're talking about now. Take a deep breath and notice your heart. And if you can, like Mary Beth, and he just patted you on the head, if you feel it, he just patted you on the head and he says, look, if you know that there's a crack, even though you're totally porous and open, our protection we do. He says, you know, this lady, when she channels me, she does that every time. I know it by heart by now. But what it does, when you're in body, it allows your mind to acknowledge that while you're in your feet on the floor in your body, that you are because we surround ourselves in the clothes of light, he's saying. But then we wear it not only for our own protection, but also so that those who see it, it's porous. If we block ourselves, so look at all of us who are out there. We've been through trauma. We've been through pain. So, yeah, we become the funny guys. I feel so blessed that I could take people for a half hour, an hour, or whatever it is that they were watching, reading, whatever, away from it because that's how the crack comes in sometimes. But we're all cracked in the most beautiful way, which is why we know that laughter is the key when every part of your being will not answer the call. Sometimes laughter will, even if it's a punch in the stomach and you don't want it, even in spite of yourself. And I have learned out here, especially from the, he's getting really emotional, for the people who think to me because they watch these shows with their parents who are now out of body. For the laughter and for the silliness, these shows have a lot of heart and a lot of um, teaching in them, if you want to look at it that way. And he says, all we want to do is help raise that vibration with each other. And I feel so overwhelmingly grateful that I could take my pain and change it into laughter. And was it with disrespect? No, not at all. So if you laugh, he says, the key is, so many people feel if they laugh, it's like, he says, I'll say it's spitting in the face of the person who is out of body because you don't want to show that you're okay. You don't want to show that you're laughing. I feel very blessed that all I knew, no matter what I went through, was that laughter would be the key to unlock the heart. And I think that's why I was successful. Because there are plenty of funny people out there. And maybe it was the times, and maybe it was the climate, and the political stuff, and and where the world was. But I understand now my intention. All I wanted to do was relieve the pain. And he wasn't into going to the parties or getting the awards. I mean, I'm sure he got many, 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 many. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. It's a pile of metal. He's laughing. But when you're out of body and they hug you and say, some of my memories with my grandma, she loved that. He says, it makes me feel really good because all of us, you talk about, I'm here listening and, and you talk about being a lighthouse. Do the protection whatever way feels possible. Do it and you know, make it your words. Make it put in your avatars and your loved ones and whoever you want to put in there. And don't worry about it working or not because I will tell you something. And, and Marilyn already said she can see the auric field change. If you say those words and you don't feel it, <laughs> the intention, your soul still knows to shift. And maybe you'll drop down. My jaw just clicked. He said, "I'm a snake and it's unhinging." You know, it's really weird when I channel. I'll feel things like I went to the chiropractor. Things open up. When you allow it to come through, you open up. You open up. He did my job because sometimes I feel bad that I'm such a yacker. And he says, well, it's me yacking now. But he's also crying at the same time. And what happens with channeling is that if you're sitting in front of me, there are tears falling. There, there's his, but usually with channeling, I save mine for later. And I can't remember later either, other than I just feel bad for what somebody wishes it could be. But through the years of channeling, he's pointing this out to me, and he is right. I've learned that, oh my God, this is really happening right now. What we can do as people on the earth and what, pe- what souls do once they're off the earth is we can help tip people and help people into that place just by our being. Even as we don't know how to hold it ourselves, because it isn't the mind that holds it. And you could say he's saying that he's smart because he came up with a lot of funny stuff. But it came from his gut and it came from pain. And what God approved and what he walked with in terms of, you know, out of the writers and what we're going to use, the responsibility was for the heart. Even though there were plenty of people who were on board that had to make it funny and timely and politically correct in whatever manner at that time, which was a lot more leeway than your kids have now. But the thing is that we're all doing that. And I didn't even know until later. I was doing it inadvertently. But I had to. And if you're in really horrible pain out there, and you're grieving so, go out and find a a stray dog or a stray cat and give it water and you'll heal. That's what he's saying. Because he filled his soul. He had to find something funny. And he realized the whole world did too. Let's give ourselves the water, the funny, the hugs, the love that Mary Beth talked about last last time when we talked about that cocoon. He says, I was here listening. I was planning to come in, but I didn't mention it. He's laughing. And I, I, I do I love channeling this guy. And this is he's, he's being pretty serious, but he's saying, you know, what he's learned. You, you you know, you know, you, have, you kids have things called memes now or whatever, and it's all about me, 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 but it isn't really me. I love the word memes, but, you know, I keep seeing pictures of Robin Williams that you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's happening. And so we want our souls to reach out beyond the mind's perception, because there were people that loved my work that probably might not like me because of who I am religiously or whatever. You know what? There could be someone biased who's laughing their you-know-what off at my humor. Do I care? Yeah, but you know what? Then you reach a point of you give it up. And if I can help those people, I am grateful because the ones who are the most closed and the ones who can't hear, if you allow your emotion, and I did it with laughter if you allow your laughter and your tears, yes, please your tears, people will react to you. I was reacted to in ways I never could have imagined. They gave me prizes and patted me on the head, and I thought, why aren't you very silly? Although I respected it and was appreciative, but I realized that my soul was expressing itself And the human accolades at the time that I thought might not be that important, I realize now are because it's a reflection of the opening. I I don't need someone to tell me I'm okay. I have my loved ones for that. But I also want to tell you that let's get back to the point. If there's someone you're worried about, we sit with them. We love them. We hold them. And if you're embarrassed by or been taught to hold your emotions boy oh boy laughter is the way to go around the curve and around the bend so you ain't gonna be too embarrassed but what would have happened if I'm glad I could do it through laughter it's how I could do it I didn't know how to do it through tears and I didn't know how to process them a lot of them until later but whatever way we do let's think of sharing let's think of loving because we're all in this together. And I can tell you one thing for sure that I've learned because laughter is my business. When you laugh, your loved ones, they laugh with you. And he's crying while he says it. And this is the God's honest truth. Let your stomach feel it. Let your heart feel it. And let your mind, he says, get it through your mind. When you laugh, when you play, and when you laugh about and with the loved ones out there, it's their heaven. It makes it heaven. My heaven is laughter. It always was. And now I've learned that laughter allowed tears. And isn't that a miracle? So we might not even know what we're doing, but we're doing. And the head will say, oh, you better get it right and get prizes like that guy. My prizes are not statues. And thank you for letting me share that. I love that guy. I joke about how when I get out of body, I'm going to have an egg cream with my dad because we're going to hang out at the deli. There was a place in Massachusetts, from from Massachusetts, Mattapan, the G&G. And uh, I was a little kid, but, you know, just the, how it smelled. I would only have kashi Vanish because I never li- really liked meat, but learn later a little bit. But at any rate, I want to invite this guy, too. He's invited to the deli for uh, an egg cream. <laughs> Anyways, so there was a tangent. But he was building on, he's still here, but it's me now. He's, he's building on, thank you, <laughs> Mary Beth is passing me Kleenex because um, he was crying quite a bit, uh, but he's laughing. Even though I cry, I just love channeling this beautiful soul. But it's interesting. He wanted to come through, but he had actually no idea how. He didn't know what the segue would be to laughter. And Mary Bethy he wants to thank you because he did that. So in whatever ways we're doing it, he says, do you see how we're all building with each other? If you take your hands and put them together and lace your fingers together, that's what all of us are doing. And we might not know. And he says, look at like sports teams or even a choir, barbershop quartet. I mean, you practice, but when you're out there doing it, you have to hit the notes. And there's a synchronicity with the energy of the whole. You know, we all know it from orchestras and from And we're doing that, and I'm just feeling this love and light, and just let yourself drink this in. Right now, you, right now, you are in a state of grace. You can call on it at any time. Somebody's phone just dinged, and I love it, and I really hope it picked it up, because here's the bell. You're saved by the bell. They play. One time I was channeling for a woman Whose father was so upset because she was smoking, and she was, he says, a breath away from having a real problem. And after I told her, he could feel her resistance, and the fire alarm went off in my office. There was no smoke. We're very powerful. They're very powerful. When you collaborate, just making the decision, remember, like Mary Beth reiterated, awareness of the connection is the connection. Let it keep dinging. It's lovely. Let it keep dinging. Unless you need to see who it is. The thing is it's all happening and your mind might say it needs to be this way and it might be a similar thought for your loved one i wanted life to be this way for them for us for me i wanted it to be this way well, now it's a different way and you don't have to think about it all at once you could just be, you're in it you're in it when you allow the interactive nature of the love that surrounds you here on Earth, and when you know even when you don't, head know your soul knows because your soul existed before your body and now it's in here. What animates you? Your soul. They are viable just like you are inside your body. They are just as real and just as viable, and they're interacting with us. How do you feel? Just how, how do you feel? Right now, notice your hands. How do I feel? One of the most powerful things ever channeled into me, I wasn't channeling for anyone else, and I should have figured out that I really should be channeling for myself, but there was, I think I've told you this before, there was a lot going on, a lot of people, and, and there was some tension. And I started to like, oh boy, how am I gonna put out the fire? I wasn't involved with whatever was going on, but it was family. And I was directed to go in the other room and sit down and I heard underneath everything, what do you feel? So underneath everything, what do you feel? I, I sat there, you know, less than half a minute. And I thought, wow, I just felt like this, you know, I just felt this energy, this unsuppressed energy. And and even in that short minute when I went back into the kitchen, there was laughter and it had already. Now, do I think I contributed to that? Maybe, maybe not. But there was a shift in the energy. And I'm directed to tell you, my heart wanted it. But they directed me to use my thinker. So instead of ha- putting that beautiful brain aside, let's engage it, let's collaborate with it. Hey, thinker. Hey thinker, they're out there. They're with us. Hey thinker, they love us. My heart knows. My gut knows. Stay with us for a while, and just see how you feel, because that love is always around you. How do you feel, Mary Beth? I just open my eyes, and whenever you know, I close my eyes during some of the channeling. And, and don't you love it how I ask and I just keep talking. But but I open my eyes, and Mary Beth is just bathed in white light. How are you feeling? Hi. <laughs> Isn't it cool? <laughs> yes. There's a really beautiful song out there, and I've been told through channeling, and I, I assumed it bef- before that, that it, that it saves many lives stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. The moments shift, the love is swirling around us. It's okay to be high on love, and it's okay to be high on laughter. And our friend, the writer, says if laughter is the way to do it, go put on a movie. And he says, I hear Marilyn talk about putting on sad stuff so that you can let the tears flow. And we direct people to do that. And the just went ding again because this is important. But let's do the other two. Put on something really crazy funny and laugh until you cry. And then look up and know that your loved ones are holding you and happy. And you're raising that vibration together when you don't know how the collaboration will guide you. You know how. It might not be your brain. It might be what Marybeth said at the very, very, very beginning. And what did you say? It's your heart. It is your heart. Thank you, such a beautiful heart, for collaborating with us. Thank you, Mary Beth. Thank you, everyone, in body and out of body, for this beautiful collaboration. Remember, <laughs> past yet present, the love is always present, and the laughter is here, and so is the love. Until next time Thank you for sharing this energy in space. Together, we collaborate, raising the vibration for all. I'm Marilyn Cap, author of "Love is Greater Than Pain," and you can find me at Marilyncap.com. Remember, the healing continues with those who are past yet present.